Welcome to Shi'ar Jashub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. We are currently in 1 Samuel chapter 16. King Saul is troubled by an evil spirit from the Lord, and they send for young David to come and play the harp. When David plays, Saul is refreshed and the evil spirit departs. Pastor Greg then asked, why would God allow an evil spirit to come upon Saul? And to answer the question, he went to 1 Kings 22, where King Ahab is told by 400 of his prophets that he will succeed in battle against the Syrians. Judah's King Jehoshaphat is skeptical of these prophets and asks for a true prophet of the Lord, and so Ahab grudgingly sends for Micaiah. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. This messenger who had gone to call Micaiah takes Micaiah and says, look, we're all saying it's good, so don't contradict us. Go along with us. Doesn't sound like they're really interested in what God has to say. And Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Then he came to the king and the king said to him, Micaiah, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. He says what the king wants to hear, as the messenger told him, but obviously when he says it, he says it very sarcastically. So the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? He knows he's making fun of him. Micaiah is saying it tongue-in-cheek, Yeah, sure, go, you're going to do well, but he says it in a way that the king knows he doesn't mean it. He's just making fun of the king that he wants to hear back what he wants to hear. So the king is angry with him. How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. So he tells them the truth now. They're all scattered. They're not going to have the victory. And they have no shepherd. So Ahab is going to be killed in this attack. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? I told you he's not going to tell me anything good. This is what this guy always does to me. Then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. This is the part I wanted to, to get to. That was a little background. Here's a part that helps us understand a little bit about what's going on with Saul. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. He's telling him now the true word of God. He's spoken the truth to him that the troops would be scattered like sheep. They would have no leader anymore if they go into the battle against the Syrians. And then he said, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. And you, you start to get the image, you know, when Jesus said he separates the sheep from the goats, the left and the right. So all the hosts of heaven, all those angelic beings, but we know there are holy angels, right? And we know there are demonic angels. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead. Now, God is for the Israelites, but the Israelites have gone into gross abomination and pagan worship, especially northern Israel. And Ahab is the one that has propagated the most, has put forth the most of the Baal worship under the influence of his evil wife Jezebel. 
So God has ordained punishments for Ahab. His time of wickedness has come to an end. And he will not allow it anymore. And he will use the Syrians as the instrument to destroy Ahab. And he wants to pull Ahab into this battle of destruction as a punishment against him. So he says, the Lord says, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke, one of the hosts in heaven spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Verse 21, then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. So God allows this lying spirit to go and give all these false prophecies to these 400 prophets who are prophesying away there. It's a lying spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not the truth of God. But Ahab has deserved this punishment, and God allows this lying spirit. He says, go. First he says, who will go? And then he gives a permission, go. And so Micaiah says, therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. Now Zedekiah went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you? He's insulting him, he's mocking him. And Micaiah said, indeed, you shall see on the day when you go into an inner chamber to hide, when you hide in fear. And the king of Israel said, take him, return him to the governor of the city, Say, thus says the king, put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come in peace. But Micaiah said, if you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken to me. And he said, take heed all you people. He warns them all not to follow Ahab. And sure enough, Ahab dies in battle. When you have that scene of Micaiah, when he shows the vision of the Lord on his throne and all the hosts of heaven, it jogs your mind to the book of Job and how in Job chapter 1 it says, Now there came a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And we get this vision of how there has to be an accounting of all these spirits before the throne of God, and how there's a limit on what they can do. And there is a freedom that some of these evil spirits have to do damage if God allows them. You say, why does he use them like this? Why does Saul have this tormenting spirit? Why is Ahab receiving this lying spirit? Is this the heart's desire of God? Is this what God really has for Saul? Is this what God would really have for Ahab? Of course not. God's heart's desire is that Saul would be a man of God, that he would not be so rebellious and brazen, that he would not be so disobedient and irreverent, 
that he would not have made the decisions he made, that he would still reign as king, that he would not have to seek another one. But Saul has sinned terribly. And when an individual pushes away the Spirit of God, when Ahab pushes the Spirit of God out of Israel and seeks to bring in the Spirit of Baal, careful what you want, because God may give it to you. The Spirit of God goes. The Spirit of God departs. If they don't want him, he won't be there. And that which they think they want, or they're not even realizing by their rebellion, if we rebel, we're asking for a spirit of rebellion to rule over us. Well, who is the king of rebellion? Who is the king over all the proud? Satan himself. And as the spirit of God departs, you know, the human being is a vacuum. Our spirits are made to be indwelt by God's Holy Spirit. And something, a secret that the agnostics and the atheists don't understand is when they push away God and they have no room for God, they're not just there empty. They're there open for any unclean spirit, evil spirit to come in. They may not even realize there's an unclean spirit. They may not believe in a spiritual world, but they're like an open cup saying, here I am. And demonic spirits can come in. And God allows it. God allows it for punishment. And sometimes God allows it for salvation. That in the torment, the person might be brought to their senses. Remember Nebuchadnezzar, he's like an animal for seven years, eating at the grass like an animal. That they may come to their senses in the torment and turn back to God. But God gives them what they want. You make temples to Baal, you receive the lying spirits to deceive. And Ahab's not going to listen to Micaiah, he's going to listen to the false prophets. It shows where his heart is. And God uses this lying spirit to bring punishment upon Ahab. We are made to have the Spirit of God. We push away the Holy Spirit, and then we're open for any lying, deceiving, tormenting, deception, madness, insanity to come in. And how many people in the world are obsessed, are overcome with things that they don't even know why they do what they do. They're possessed by them as these spirits take control because they have not given place to God. When David plays the music and you see the spiritual soothing of anointed music and the wonder of the Psalms. You know it yourself. Many times you might wake up in the morning and uh, you can feel a little moody. You can feel down, depressed. And that's a demonic influence. Now, the demon's not possessing you. You're possessed of the Holy Spirit. But it's an influence. The demon's trying to bring you down, make you non-productive for the Lord. If you pick up the Psalms and read them, what happens? You can go to any of the Psalms and all of a sudden you start to get uplifted. Even without the music, we have the words, right? We don't even have the beautiful music of David, we just have the words. But the words, the music together, and many times you put on beautiful Christian music and you can feel uplifted. The demons flee. There's a power to the anointing. Music reaches into the spiritual realm. That's why in the negative sense, 
demonic music can be so effective. You hear so many kids now that go and buy the music, the, the tone, the beat, the sound is violent, is brutal. The words are violent, they're brutal. They're irreverent. They're non-respectful of people. They reduce people to the form of animals. And then what happens, they go out and they act that way. Music can have a lot of power to influence people. You see, national anthems are there to raise up patriotic pride and how many people march off into, you see those pictures of Nazi Germany where they're marching off, the music's playing, and the soldiers are all uplifted in their cause by that horrible music. Music touches a place in our spirits that sometimes just words can't. And words and music together can be very powerful. In the good sense, when there's an anointed song, a beautiful Christian song, inspired by the Holy Spirit with inspired words, biblical words, it can cast out demons. And here when David strums that harp, it brings relief from the torment. And Saul becomes refreshed, he becomes well. The stressing spirit departs. But as great as the music is, it's only temporary. Right? It's like a service, a Sunday service. It's wonderful, beautiful. You feel the presence of God. But it's temporary for the time if we don't let it take root in our hearts. You have been listening to Pastor Greg Scalzo. Shiar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets Sunday at 10 a.m., at the Memorial Hall in Madison on Meeting House Lane. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.